And that's another problem that a lot of people don't understand is that the job comes with many different titles. It's not just guy in the studio making the record. You got to be a good person, man. You got to understand business. You got to understand people and you got to treat people right. By the way, it doesn't happen overnight either. So you can't expect to be everyone think you're the greatest thing in a month or a year. This is like over years of putting in the work and being conscious and caring enough to put that much greatness and to help other people. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm super excited to be here today with Clinton Sparks. He is a Grammy-nominated producer, DJ, songwriter, radio personality, and entrepreneur. Massively successful in multiple different areas, too, which is really cool. You know, he's uh, worked with multi-platinum artists like Lady Gaga, Pitbull, DJ Snake, written and produced songs with Big Sean, 2 Chains, Ludacris, and now he's also an author, as if you know that, that wasn't enough yet. He decided to also write a book called How to Win Big in the Music Business. And so I've had a chance to start reading the book via Audible. And so I've gotten acquainted so far, but I haven't gone all the way through the book. So I think that in this, throughout this interview, we're about to get familiar. And so, yes. Get familiar. <laughs> so I was, I, I, was, I was thinking, okay, there's a good chance that that's going to pop out. Well, I also, I'm pretty perturbed that your audience that's watching did not applaud with an intro. It's quite rude. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dude, I never uh, would have guessed that you were like a, a radio DJ or anything like that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, man, I was super excited to talk today. And, you know, I think that from what I what I understand if you from like, you know, reading the beginning of the book so far and just like, you know, seeing your success, really, I think that you have an incredible story and I've really overcome a lot of adversity throughout your life. And so I thought that today would be a great opportunity to really kind of just peel back the curtain and talk about what made you able to overcome that adversity and how did you achieve this level of success when you know, a lot of people, you know, when, when there's adversity, usually it's the opposite way. But then there's certain people, it's like you really can, you can pull through and you can actually use it as fuel. So, yeah, man, so I'm, I'm really um, excited to be able to interview today. And uh, first of all, I just want to say thanks for um, taking the time to be here. And I'd love to hear just a little Thank bit you. more about your story for anyone here who's listening right now. Could you just share a little bit about, you know, where you started from and, and how you were able to, you know, accomplish what you have? Sure. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's funny or it's great that you would set it up like that because you know, a lot of times people have guests on their shows, right. And, and you're like, you should listen to them because they're awesome at this, right. Or they've made money doing this or they're successful at that. And I think the real magic lies in, you know, how they got there, how they did it and how difficult it might've been. Cause that's the real story. Cause you know, realistically anybody can be successful, right. If they have the right tool and understand people and understand what people need and understand how to get to those things. And that's really the difficult time part is most people just don't understand what path to take to get to those places. And that's where, you know, you have podcasts like this and, you know, leaders that, that give speeches and keynote speech speakers and stuff. But I think it's really important. The most important, I know me, for instance, I'm not going to listen to somebody 
that I can't relate to, or I'm not going to listen to somebody that hasn't gone through what I went through, or I'm not going to listen to somebody that hasn't accomplished the things that I'm trying to accomplish. I don't want opinions. I don't want your personal taste. I don't want any of that stuff. I want facts, figures. I want tangible things that either you went through and I can connect with. And now I'm like, Oh, if he did it because of this, I know that that's a way for me to make it. So it's really important for people to understand where somebody came from, not just what makes them awesome or what they're doing great today. Right? So Thank you for allowing me to to set the stage at the beginning because I might not listen any further if I listen to someone and, and they're like, I had all the money in the world when I was born and, and, my, and my dad did this and I had this and all the opportunities were given to me and therefore now I'm a titan. It's like, yeah, of course you are. You were born for success. So somebody like me that was the opposite of that, someone that was uh, born into a broken home, we were broke, you know, cockroaches, welfare, food stamps, alcoholic father, watched him almost kill my mom, then he left us, and my mother had two jobs, then I was, I was bullied and lonely as a kid, then I was sexually abused in my home. So, you know, it was pretty difficult childhood, but at the time, you don't know, like, it's, you're, you're going through a difficult, it's all you know. So you don't know, like, oh, there's a better life than this, right? So it's normal to you, I guess, as, 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 as an adult has abnormal, it may be when you look back at the time, it's, it's normal, right? Or you don't know better, so to speak. And then when you get older, you start realizing, you know, either these, these are the things that, that broke me or these are the things that made me. You know, some people that will go through some of the things I went through may turn to alcohol or, or drugs or turn to a life of crime, which I did for several years. Or some people use it as tools to understand how to navigate the world better, which I ultimately ended up doing. So, you know, when I went through that stuff as a kid and then through my teenage years, I was a criminal, you know, stealing cars, robbing houses, sticking people up, like just doing all that stuff as a kid. But I didn't do it because it was cool or it was the end thing or I learned from somebody else. I truly did it out of survival. Like nobody showed me. You know, I, mean, I just became an awesome criminal as a kid. And I'm not proud of that, by the way, either. And I never even told anybody this until 2014 because I wasn't proud of it. And especially coming up in hip hop, I could have earned some stripes by talking about how I used to stick people up and rob them for their money and da-da. And like, oh man, he's real. Yeah, real whack. You know what I mean? Like that's how I looked at it and really misguided. And anybody that thinks that that's cool or it's lit to do some like dirt or crime or get away with some crazy shit, it's not, man. It's fucking whack, right? And some people have no choice or feel like they had no choice because they don't know any other options, right? Of course I had other choices, but I didn't know they existed because nobody was showing me other choices. The real assholes are the ones that can see other choices but choose to take this route because it's the easier route. It's easier to stick somebody up or rob somebody than to do something noble or honorable that's going to do right for you, your family, and people around you to make a, an honest buck. So then throughout my, you know, at the, at, by the way, all this time I'm also in my bedroom trying to make music, trying to DJ, trying to emulate stuff. And my mom had a stereo system that I used to like hold the phono button and, and press auxiliary and that's how I would... That was my my crossfader. So I was always a hip hop fan. It's weird because when I was a kid, I was I would read Circus Magazine, Word Up Magazine, Fangoria Magazine, and Mad Magazine. So like, I was like a kid that liked comedy, you know, horror movies, heavy metal, and hip hop. Like I wasn't even one person. You know what I mean? I was like five people in one like my whole life. So. And then even when I was a criminal, I was still a nice guy. I know that's, that sounds stupid to say like, well, no, nice people don't rob people. But like I did it with care. And like to give an example, when I, would, when I would take orders to rob houses and someone's like, I need a video camera, a VCR. If I walked into a house and they had all that, I wouldn't take it all from one house. I would just take the VCR then go to another house and get a TV. And then, because the good guy in me didn't want someone to come home 
who works really hard and be completely wiped out. <laughs> it's one thing if you come home and be like, who the fuck's my VCR, right? Like, that sucks, but you're not like devastated because everything you worked hard for is gone. So I always cared about people even when I was in positions where I wasn't doing right in life. And by the way, I'll jump back and forth. The reason I, I, I revealed it for the first time in 2014 is because I was commissioned by Deutsch Worldwide, which is Donnie Deutsch's company, marketing firm, who was hired by Galderma, which was a, an acne cream for teenagers to create an anti-bullying song. So they asked me to produce and write this song with a band called the Mowgli's. So in do it, yeah, same. As you can see, I got a Mowgli's plaque up there, over 55 million streams of that, that song that I'm talking about right there. Yeah, so in that 2014, the way we made that record is, you know, people would send in letters of their hardships of being bullied or going through tough times. And we would use that as inspiration to write the song. So when I was reading these letters, I was, I mean, I was, I was, I, I was crying reading these letters and I started realizing how lost so many people are. And then I realized I was in the same position, but I found my way and not everybody has the same tools in their toolbox to find the way. Right? So it was the first time I realized maybe I need to talk to all these kids about what I went through and what I did and how I've come out on the other side better. Because a lot of times people do, especially when you're young, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You think there's no hope. Your world is so small, especially if you're like in one town and one school, if like the school's making fun of you, that's, your, that's the only world you know. So to you, the whole world hates you, right? Not realizing like, that's like a, a, a pin drop in the entire universe of people. Right. And, you know, so I started revealing these things about myself and it was really liberating for me and useful for these kids to say, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, you went through this. Because another reason why I never talked about the dirt I did when I was young, because I didn't want some kid to say, well, look at Clinton. He was a fuck up and he's doing good now. You know what I mean? Like I didn't even graduate high school. I didn't want someone to say, well, Clinton didn't graduate high school and he's killing it. So I can do the same thing as him because it's it's super unique situation that I was in. Like I'm an anomaly. It's not normal that people go through what I went through, come out the way I came out and then be, get the same success that I have. It's it's unique. It's not normal. Right. So I didn't want anybody to think that it was an easy path to go down because you would have to go through all the things I went through and walk in my shoes. And look, we all have our own unique experiences in life, right? We all are affected in our own unique way from those experiences and deal with them in our own unique way, right? It's not one size fits all. So yeah, that's how I started. And those are some of the adversities that, you know, I think you were talking about at the beginning that I had to overcome to get to where I'm at right now. And some people might be watching right now, like, well, who is this dude? Where did he even get to? What do we even care about him for right now? And just to give a quick kind of a pitch on who I am, I probably should have started with this, but what's up guys? My name is Clinton Sparks. I'm a Grammy nominated multi-platinum producer, songwriter, and DJ. I sold over 75 million records. I work with everybody from Big Sean to Rick Ross to 2 Chains to T.I. to T-Pain to Snoop Dogg, Ludacris, Pitbull, Gaga, Beyonce, Kanye, Eminem. I discovered and signed DJ Snake, introduced him to Little Joe. We made Turn Down For What. We sold millions of records together. I helped Eminem launch Shave 45. I was P. Diddy's tour DJ. I was a host on E! News for five years at Ryan Seacrest. You know, I was 
there's so many things I can just go on and on and on. I built my first e-commerce website in 2004. It was called mixunit.com. It was the world's biggest mixtape site, made $5 million the first year. You know, I've, I've helped and discovered and marketed so many people that are your favorite artists that you wouldn't even know that I was behind. And then recently I got into the gaming space about four and a half years ago. And I got, I, I helped build a company called FaZe Clan for these kids who were called FaZe, but they didn't have a business. And, you know, I brought in all the rappers from Offset to Sway Lee to Pitbull, the DJ Paul, Yo Gotti, Mark Wahlberg, all these people into the space as investors. So, you know, I've done pretty good for myself throughout my life. And it's because of the shitty life I had in the beginning, because to understand how to deal with people, to understand emotions, to understand ego, to understand what drives people, what makes people tick is to understand psychology. And if you understand people and what they need to feel uh, or, or understand what they go through, then you understand sales, you understand marketing, you understand communication, you understanding networking. And once you can push aside your own ego and your own greed, if you can even acknowledge you have that, which most people can't, but if you can, if you can internalize and be true to yourself and realize, shit, these are some of the things that are blocking me from getting the success that I, I wish to achieve. I'm in my own way. When you can delete yourself from those things and then care about other people as much, if not more about yourself, then you figured out the keys to like winning big in life. Mm. Holy cow, man. That's <laughs> definitely like a <laughs> giant uh, gold nugget of wisdom that you shared there. And man, that's, Super, super inspiring to see. I think that one question that, that comes up for me, and I think that would be probably really valuable for people, is, you know, having had this huge transformation, you know, from where you started from and what you've accomplished, you know, there really is a, a major, a major transformation, a major gap that, like you said, you wouldn't necessarily want to like emulate like that. Like, you know, it's it's rare. It's very unique. But one big question that kind of comes up is. What would you say was sort of the, the thing that shifted? It sounds like there's a lot of momentum, right? There's a lot of momentum, a lot of energy, a lot of adversity that you went through. Would you say that there was like a, a few moments or a few turning points where like you're kind of like you had this momentum down this path? You you were even you know living a life of a kind criminal for for a little while. So what would you say like are some of those big moments or what are the, what what do you attribute to like that 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 took you off that path and really set you down the right path towards who you are now? Well, there wasn't any like monumental points that made me decide that I wanted to be a good person and help other people or that I wanted to be successful or that I didn't want to feel like a loser anymore. The one thing that changed me from going down the path of being the loser that I was from being a criminal and stuff was I had happened to steal a <laughs> A bunch of, it feels so stupid to talk about like the dumb shit I did. I happened to steal a bunch of snowblowers. So if you're from the Northeast and you know what I'm talking about. And I had stored them behind the shed at my girlfriend at the time's house. And I, this has been my girlfriend for many years. And her father found them and asked, what are these? And apparently, according to her, she call, he had called me a loser. And it was the first time that a male figure that I respected and cared about said that about me. And it made me feel like I was a loser. So I think I was 19 at the time and it hit me hard because I never had like, you know, someone that whose words would impact me that much. You know what I mean? So I was just kind of running rogue throughout life on my own. And when he did that, it changed, it, it did something inside me from going down the path of becoming a career criminal 
to then wanting to aspire to be successful in business. So I immediately looked in the newspaper to find a job and I seen UPS was hiring. And, and by the way, I was always an overachiever and a workaholic. So even when I had part-time jobs, whether it was at a sub shop, whether it was at a mattress place from I'm the stock man or I'm working at a moving company, I always outworked everybody, everybody else around me. And I think that comes from what I like to call the, hey, look, dad, I hit a home run syndrome. And I think it's because I had always yearned for someone to say, I'm proud of you or, or someone to acknowledge, you know, any of my worth. So, cause my dad wasn't around to do that. I think I just, oh, I still have it to this day. I still, I'm still overachiever, workaholic. Like I outwork everybody around me cause I still have that syndrome of like, look dad, I hit a home run. This is why you should love me. Here's why you should come to my games. Here's why you should think that I'm awesome. Right? So and I think a lot of people suffer from that. Right? And a lot of people in my experience suffer and are negatively impacted by that. They don't know how to take that and then use that to do better uh, or to excel and become successful with it. Uh, I have, and I'm aware of it. You know what I mean? It's not like, I don't know, I have this psychological issue that makes me this workaholic. I get it. I'm very in tune with who I am, what makes me tick, my flaws, the things that I excel at. And, you know, I can sit here and tell you what makes me great, right? And somebody can say, wow, that guy's an asshole. He's really feeling himself. But it's no, it's not. It's not my opinion of what makes me great. I'm built by design. And I watched the world. I watched life. I watched how shitty people maneuver. I watched how great people maneuver. And I did all of that research to decide what kind of man I want to build myself into be. And that was by paying attention to what works, meaning in relationships, in business, in leadership, in friendship. You know what I mean? Like all the answers are out there in the world. You just have to give a shit to pay attention to it, right? And most people don't. They're so stuck in their own world they're not paying. I mean, how many times do you have conversations with somebody that in the middle of you talking or making an explanation, they jump in to start sharing their perspective, which if they just shut up and let me finish one, they probably wouldn't even have to say what they had to say. And two, they would probably learn a lot more. Right. And, you know, I have a saying in my book, one of the quotes that I have in my book, I have a lot of good quotes in here, guys, is uh, don't get mad when people don't listen when you talk. Instead, learn to talk when people are listening. And I think that, that most people don't do that because people have in their head their opinion, what they know, what they think, that they just want to jump in and weigh in. You already know what you know. So unless you're just trying to prove that you're awesome and you're super smart, like, shut up, man. Like, listen, you know what you know already. So unless you're just stroking your own ego, you're like, yeah, man, like this time I did that thing. Or yeah, I would have done it this way. Or like, yeah, it's like, how did that benefit at all? You just got off your chest how you would have handled it or like, like it, it, look at, I could go on a whole psychological like rant about the ways to better maneuver, to, to help you help your business, help your partners, help your relationships. That's totally off track of what we're, gonna, we're here to talk about. Right. Especially the people here didn't come to like get a therapy lesson or a, a psychological lesson on, on how to move forward. But I will tell you the reason why I get into these things a lot is because most people, especially in the music business, the reason they're not winning, the reason they're not uh, moving forward, the reason that they're not growing the business of themselves, because trust me, you are a business, you are a brand, you're a DJ, producer, singer, rapper, manager, A&R, videographer, choreographer, whatever you are, you're not a person just trying to fulfill a job. You are a business, you are a brand, and you must treat yourself accordingly. And to do that, you have to understand what's good 
and what's equally as bad with the operation of the company. And if you're the company, you're the operation. And if your operating system isn't being intended to, and it isn't being cultivated to understand what the company's doing bad, then you're always never going to succeed. So that's why I always go back to people understanding and internalizing and doing you know, a self-assessment of who they are, because it might be you are the reason why. It's not because this guy won't do this for you, or this guy won't help you over here, or if only you had this money, or if only you knew this person, or make all the excuses that people make, like, there's nothing in my city that helps me, I got no money, I don't know anybody, I don't have enough following. I don't have, those are all excuses that people make because they don't want to identify or admit, nah, I just kind of suck a little bit. You know what I mean? So they want to blame it on something else. And when I say suck, I don't mean your music sucks. I don't mean, there's a lot of ways you can suck, right? And it's like, maybe you suck at marketing. Maybe you suck at communicating. Maybe you suck at social media. Maybe you suck at like completing the record to get it to where it needs to be. Maybe you suck. And it's okay to admit what you suck at because you're never going to get better if you don't recognize what you suck at. Everybody knows what they're great at. Everybody will tell you, oh man, I'm dope at this. Or, I can do this. Or, I'm awesome. How many people have you ever heard, Michael, say, I kind of suck at this. I got to work on this. It's not a lot of people, man, that, that do that. And like, you really need to sit down and be like, okay, where am I not winning? Where am I still having problems? Where am I? And by the way, here's another thing. If you have your own brand and you're your own company, that means you're the leader. So if you're going to be a good leader, then you have to assume responsibility for everything. Even if, let's just break it down in simple terms. If you keep having the same fight with your boyfriend or your girlfriend over and over again, and you're banging your head against the wall saying, if she would just listen, why does she always have to respond like this? Why do you keep saying the same thing? Who even thinks like this? Like, you're kind of the idiot. Because guess what? That person thinks like that. You know why they respond like that. You know they're going to respond like this. So why are you still saying the same things that's going to make them respond like that? Why are you still conveying things? Why are you still receiving things the same way? If you're going to be a leader then you need to pay attention and realize, okay, if I'm going to lead this, then I can fix it. And if I'm going to fix it, I got to start with what am I doing to contribute to the problem? And most people don't do that. They blame somebody else, especially in a relationship. You know, they blame the other person for not listening or for not doing what they said or not, you know, it's you, bro. It's, it's not the world. It's you. If things aren't working, then it's you and your responsibility to fix it. If that thing's not helping you, it's up to you to figure out how to get around it, figure out another path. It's up to you. If you're driving down the street and you see a detour, you don't say, oh, I got to turn my car off and get out of the car and just sit here. I can't go anymore. You find another road to go down. If there's a, if there's a speed bump, you don't say, oh, shit, I'm never going to get there now. It just temporarily slows you down for a second. You're going to still keep going. So all of the excuses you make, all of the problems that you run into, they're not there forever. And if you think they are, that's just you being unwilling to figure out how to resolve it and find another route because you're being lazy. I could keep going, but go ahead. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. It's so good. And yeah, man, I 100% agree. I think that there's, it's like a superpower is the ability to take responsibility for everything, <laughs> for like your entire experience of, of life in the sense that if you take responsibility, it reclaims your own power. Like if you blame someone else, if you if you claim something else has responsibility, literally what you're saying is like this thing outside of me has control out of, of my own right. experience. And so I think, I think that you're totally on point that. And, and if you own something breaking, 
then guess who gets to fix it? You, because you're the leader. Just say, you know what? This is all my fault. Let me fix it. Done. You know what I mean? Like there's so many ways that if something's, if you're, the best thing you can resort to whenever like it gets difficult or you're button heads with somebody, assume the blame of why the communication's happening. Say, you know what? Maybe I'm not communicating this right. Let me figure out a better way because it's, it's, it's got to be me. I'm not saying something right. Never, most people say like, you're, most people will say, you're not making sense or you're not listening to me or da, 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 da. Therefore, giving all the responsibility of getting to a better place onto the very person you're saying is the reason it's broken. If you assume responsibility for, for it being messed up, you have the ability and the power to fix it. I do it every single day. Michael, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people who are ego-driven, people who are greedy, people who think they might be smarter than me, people who want to like own the negotiation, people who want to feel like they won. Cool. I'm going to make sure you feel that way. And then we're all going to win. If I realize all you need to do is feel like you won, I already won. You just gave me the blueprint of how to win this battle. Oh, what's up guys? So quick intermission from the podcast so I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're gonna walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's gonna allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's gonna be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you want to do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually want to hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's <laughs> so good. So one thing that I want to kind of dive into more that, that you brought up, because I think it's really at the root of what you're talking about right now, is this the willingness to listen, which also is way more powerful, you know, because you actually learn. When you listen, you learn. But also, you know, you surround yourself with the right people so that what you're listening to is, you know, is, is actually aligned with what you need to do in order to, you know, achieve your goals. But one thing that you spoke to was really about self-awareness and about, you know, becoming aware of your ego and becoming aware of your own flaws and that, you know, it's not like those necessarily just vanish, they go away, but you become more aware of them and you can actually use those as fuel. So, you know, just before you ask the question, because some people will, a lot of people look at things as like, man, this is, if I'm going to make these changes or I'm going to heal these wounds, it's a long journey, right? And it's not really a long journey. It's merely a decision. Hmm. It's just a decision that only you can make. So if somebody is driven by their ego or somebody has been, you know, they're 20, they're 30, they're 40 years old and they're who they are, they've already built their kind of like operating system. You can't just delete it overnight. It has to become a full-time practice of who you now want to become. It's just like working out. You can't go to the gym two times and all of a sudden you have sick buys. You know what I mean? Or now your glutes are like busting through your pants. Like it doesn't, 
it takes consistency of doing that thing over and over again that it becomes the new you. It's just who you are now. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to stop and say, all right, am I letting my ego get in my way? Because I can tell you right now, that never happens to me because it doesn't exist. Like I never sit here and think, all right, maybe we're butting heads because my ego is getting the best of me. I don't have an ego that overrules me. I rule my emotions. I, over, I rule every decision. I do. And you can too. It doesn't matter the trauma you went through. It doesn't matter the, the, the education you even have. Because you don't even have to have a high school, college education to understand how to be a human being. You're living, right? You understand the feelings you don't want to feel. You understand happiness, sadness, hurt, trauma, depression, you know, vulnerability, insecurity. Like you don't got to go to school to learn those things. Those are natural feelings that you feel. Those are all the tools you need to know how to operate because to make a good salesperson, to make a good songwriter, to make a good DJ whose job is to evoke emotion, to have any kind of job in the music business, you just got to understand people, right? When you understand people and what they need, that's how you win. And I'll tell you what everybody needs to feel a certain way. Every single thing in life, it's not a product. It's not a service. It's a feeling. You're selling a feeling. When someone buys clothes, it's because they want to feel fly. They want to feel fresh. They want to feel like they look good and confident. When you buy food because you want to feel full, you want to feed your depression, you want to celebrate, you want everything in life. When you listen to music, it's to celebrate. It's to dance. It's to cry because you just broke up with somebody. Everything is a fucking feeling. So if you realize you're selling feelings, then all you got to do is understand what is the feeling that people want that I'm trying to sell to, and you won. Man, I feel like there's been probably at least 10 or 11 opportunities that if I had a microphone in my hand, I could drop them throughout the conversation. <laughs> oh, just crush the building. There we go. Nice. Rampage style. I'm like the lizard that just knocked down the building climbing up the side. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that game. I remember that game. Yeah. I think I played it on like Nintendo 64. Cool, man. So now, you know, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So talking about, you know, really what you're selling is a feeling and really like your music, it's about, you know, it's about evoking an emotion. It's about transmitting an emotion. So the key to be successful in that area is really to figure out what do people want to feel and how can you effectively communicate that feeling? What do you think, like, so what, what are some of those human emotions that you think people like, where, where is the need? Where can people really focus on in order to tap into that? Well, I mean, for me, for instance, as a songwriter, you know, some people just go into the studio and they're like, oh, let's just make a song that fits, right? Or let's make a song that sounds like this, right? And it's like whenever I approach a song, I, the first thing I think about is like, what feeling am I trying to evoke with this record? And then I think about the majority, like what's something that a lot of people can relate to or that they feel or that they're going through? And that's how I approach every single hit record I've ever had that's literally how I approached it. My first hit record was a song called Sorry, Blame It On Me by Akon. And it debuted number seven on Billboard. Like, multi-platinum record. It's got over 300 million streams in the video now. I'm pointing to a plaque over there. And, you know, that's a real song. Like, that song was literally the first verse. If you ever listen to that record, Akon changed, like, seven or eight lines in the song that made it a little bit less sentimental than it was. I have the original version here that he recorded. But, like, the first verse was about my ex... Second verse was about my mom and the third verse was about my dad, right? And it was speaking to like 
Second verse saying to my mom, like, I'm sorry to like single women. I'm speaking to my mom, but I know that it relates to all women that went through this. I'm sorry that my dad was a dick and left you. You know what I mean? And then like the first verse was like me saying to my girl, like, I'm sorry that like I'm chasing my dreams so much that sometimes I neglect you. Right. And I'm not home and I'm not around. And then the third verse was to my dad, like, nah, dude, like this, the blame's on you, bro. Like you fuck, you caused all these problems. Right. So it was a really deep song. And even like Lady Gaga uh, on the Born This Way album, when we were working on that, I'm thinking like, how do I create a feeling of excitement? How do we create like an anthemic song that even when she comes on stage, I'm thinking of the lighting, how do you perform, what's the video look like? So like, we did like boom, 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 ga, ga, boom, boom, ga, ga, on this record, I'm thinking like when she comes on stage, like they're coming out, doom, 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 like puppets, and then the lights goes black, and then boom, ga, ga, and lights, right? So I'm thinking like, all of these things, like how do you evoke an emotion that you give someone goosebumps or they cry? So it's the same thing with anything you're selling, right? How does this feed something that's going to make them feel something they need to feel? So even selling, let's just think like a lawnmower, right? You think of it as a machine, but what is it really doing? It's giving somebody the pride of having an awesome lawn, right? My house looks dope. How many men mow their lawn and then sit back and look at their house like, yo, my house looks awesome, right? Because they feel awesome, right? So when you can, as a marketer or, or a salesperson, and then um, look at all of this comes back to music, right? And I'll tie it all up so you understand that. If you're thinking, oh, this guy's teaching me, he sounds like a, like a boss guru or starting a company. Like, don't, what does this have to do with me with music? Well, if that's what you're thinking, you're already losing. Because what I'm teaching you right now is going to help you excel in the music business. And by the way, that's the problem with a lot of people is they don't listen to things they don't think they need to listen to, but you don't know what you don't know, right? So if somebody over, someone like me that sold 75 million records, made millions of dollars, worked with the biggest artists in the world, built multiple million dollar, multi-million dollar businesses and continue to do so in doing what you're trying to do and then some, that's the guy you need to be listening to because he did it from a different perspective. He wasn't a one-trick pony that just was one artist that made one song and was successful making music. Like, you know, you can take any artist that's successful and think, well, I want to learn from them because they're a successful artist. That doesn't mean they understand business. It doesn't mean they understand marketing or communicating with people. They just know how to go to the studio and make a good melody and record. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the person you listen to. You listen to someone that's built those brands, that's made hit records, that wrote, produced them, DJed them, managed the artists that did it, did the publicity, did the marketing behind it, built other companies, connected different industries together. And that's where you're going to get a perspective of someone that really knows how to dominate in a major way. And by the way, that's why I wrote this book, guys, because, look, the last book that's come out in a way that really teaches you the music industry is the Donald Passman book, right? But, like, that doesn't talk to you. That talks to everyone. That's just, like, here's the, le the legalities. Here's the things you need to know. It's not like, no, here's how you do more dope shit. Here's how you do less whack shit. Right. And, and to understand that is to understand somebody that was homeless. I was homeless. That was in the streets. That was dealing with all different types of, like I said, I listen to heavy metal. I listen to rock. I listen to country. I listen to pop. I mean, it's all in my veins. So I know how to bring it all together. And I also was like always the only white kid in the all black neighborhood. And then, you know, I was too white for the black kids and too black for the white kids. So I understood different cultures, different demographics. I understood different personalities, different religions. So I really studied all that stuff. And if you really want to build a big conglomerate, 
and touch as many people as possible with your music or your business or your product or whatever it is, you need to understand how other people think. Look, most people want to hang around like-minded people because they want their ideas and their thoughts endorsed. Think about you and your friends. When you tell a story, halfway through the story, you can say, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, dude, totally. Because they know how to think like you because you hang out with like-minded people. I want people that when I'm talking, they're like, no, I don't understand. Because that's a different person that I, I already know how to sell to me. Right? I know how to sell to my friends because they're just like me. I need to know how to sell and relate to people that don't think like me. And in order to do that, I have to care enough to pay attention and shut up and listen to other people's perspectives. Because that's the only way you're going to write a great movie, write a great song, or you're just going to keep making the same thing. And even music, you know, you'll see different types of music where people are like, ah, that music sucks because it's not their taste because they're not a fan of that band or that singer or that rapper or whatever it is. It doesn't suck. It's just not for you. Right. And that's one, one thing that really bothers me when somebody like, especially publicly on social media, they're like shit on somebody's hard work without knowing anything about this person's life. You don't know if this guy just worked two years to save up for his first and only studio session to make his first record. And his mother's dream is for him to be a rapper. And then she died and he made this record and he put this first record out to try to get some people to, and you're shitting on it. Like, why would you do that? Like, it's, it's such a dick move. I wish if there was one thing I could change about the internet is that everybody that has something negative to say, just don't say it. Just keep it to yourself. Like, what, what gratification or excitement do you get out of crushing somebody else's dreams? Like, imagine when you, if you had a kid or when you have a kid and your 15-year-old kid is working really hard to do something and he's really excited and you're proud of him and then somebody comes over and he just, maybe he builds like, I don't know, the world's greatest Lego house that he spent a year building. And someone comes over and says, that shit sucks and kicks it over. Wouldn't you want to knock the shit out of that person? You would. And it's the same thing when you diss somebody online. It's like kicking over their whole Lego thing that they worked a whole year on. Why would you do that? You're a dick. Don't do that. Um, Sorry, I know I went to the left on that, but I get really upset when I see people get dissed online. And like, even me, for instance, my ads, right? Most people will do research and like, all of, the, ref- all of the, uh, the remarks that I get are pretty much all positive, right? Because you can tell when someone's a real person that's trying to help you or when someone's a scam artist, right? Especially if you, let's just say you look at me and somebody else, just look us up. <laughs> Google our names. Who is that guy? What do they do? What are their receipts? What's their credibility? What success have they had? Who are they connected to? Oh, no one? All right, cool. I probably shouldn't buy his thing. Who's this guy? Oh, he did that. He does this. He's still doing active right now. He's not a has-been who's just trying to make a living now because he's not cracking anymore. Da-da-da-da. Cool. Clint Sparks, dope dude. I should follow him, right? So, like, and obviously I'm saying that because it's me, but, like, even if there's other great people out there, whether it's me or anybody, always do your research. Always do your due diligence because, like, any company, which you are, a business, nobody spends their money. Nobody makes strong, sound decisions moving their company forward without doing proper research or due diligence. That's your job, right? So when somebody writes under my ad, scammer, it's like, I'm probably like the most not scammer dude you'll ever meet in your entire life. I will literally lose money before I would damage my reputation. I don't care about, I'm I'm already good with money. I don't need your $7 for my book, bro. You think I'm scamming you to get $7 to give you 25 years of game and knowledge you couldn't find anywhere else? If you think my $7 fee for a book is a scam, you should quit because that means you don't know shit about shit. And like, you definitely don't know how to run a business because the first thing you shouldn't do is call somebody that could, could help you a scammer. You already just did something whack right there. And then for all the people that know this guy's not a scammer, you look like a donkey, right? And then second of all, the fact that you did no research, 
before you made a comment like that shows you suck at business. So right there, you making a response like that, you're losing multiple ways. If you, if you don't, and by the way, I understand when somebody's knee-jerk reaction, when they see somebody online, especially when they start off like, what's up, guys? <laughs> right? Like, it's usually like, a, here we go. Somebody else trying to fucking show me how to do social media growth or how to buy real estate or get my course and da-da-da. Michael, you and I both know there's a million people out here that are frauds, right? It's very rare that people can really add value and people really care. Right. And you do, which is why I'm here. Right. I see what you guys do at Martin Music. If, if I thought you guys were clowns, I don't care if you if you were scamming 10,000 people to believe you were real. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want me to be introduced to them through you because now I look like a clown. Do You know what I'm saying? When they do get to know me. So I don't I don't want to associate my circle small. I don't associate with a lot. If you don't believe in me, it's your job to go do some research. And by the way, it'll take you five seconds to, to say, okay, this dude's legit. But yeah, man, I guess I kind of went off on a tangent about people just being dicks and not doing good enough research for their own business. But I guess I'll wrap this part by saying, remember you're a brand, remember you're a business, remember if you want to be successful and build a sustainable or scalable business in the music industry, you must operate like you're a legitimate business, not one person that's just looking for a fake million streams or fake comments or fake followers. No business. You think Coca-Cola would be selling real Coke if they just pretended like they had 100 million followers, but they weren't selling any Coke? What would they care? They wouldn't care. They would say, delete all our followers. I'd rather sell a million Cokes than have a million followers and no sales. So when you go backwards and you think that you're faking it till you make it by having fake followers, one, the algorithms are getting smarter and smarter. The platforms all know what's fake and what's real. So you're going to end up hurting yourself in the long run. And if you're going to subscribe to the fake it till you make it, why don't we start something new for 2022 and start making it? Let's focus on the making it part instead of the faking it till you make it. Because you don't need to fake it. And fake people are being found more and more every day. And if you get the fake stripe on you, people like me aren't going to take look at you and have respect for you. I'm not going to want to do stuff with you. And I'm not going to want to give you information because I know that you're trying to cheat. And if you're trying to cheat, that means you don't take your career serious. So I don't take you serious. Neither should anybody else. That's, that's so on point. Yeah, and one thing that comes up as you share that, and I think that you're a great example of this, is like the Emerson quote, you know, who you are speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you say. I think that's like a good principle to look at, especially when you're looking for mentorship or guidance. You know, Don't just listen to what someone's saying, but actually do your research and, and see who are they. And I think that that's, you know, that's a, definitely a superpower being able to do that. And you're a great example of like who you Thank are you. is proof enough. Well, I always say, pay attention to the messenger not the message because anybody can feed you bs anybody can go read a book and then act like they know everything look there's no secrets anymore you can do research and find this stuff out and then say oh man i just read this article today and the stats say that more people are streaming now more than before and blah 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 i'm just going to retype this and then post it out and show people like look how smart i am you should follow me now and buy my course because i just regurgitated some information i got from this other newsletter or something that you just simply didn't take the time to do now is there value and merit to somebody that is an aggregator gets all the information for you so you can go to one trusted source like this person to get it Absolutely. So I'm not disrespecting somebody that gives you all the information. However, be mindful because I know there's a bunch of people out there that are awesome at getting information, being a source for getting the knowledge that you need to. But 
They're good for certain things and not for other things. And that's where you as a business need to realize, okay, great, let me filter this and get this information from him. This guy has more practical things that can teach me how to do things. This guy has more of a, a mentality way of me to operate better in the business. And there's room for a bunch of different people. And by the way, when you go to school, you don't learn from one professor, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, you go into different teachers to get different information so that you can graduate and have all of the knowledge that they gave you and then go on and win. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that, you know, if you're looking to master a skill, yeah, you don't, you don't just buy one book and we're like, all right, like I know everything there is to know. It's like, you know, you look and you see what are different perspectives that people different have. And, and also, like you're saying, you look at specifically what are the areas of expertise that this person can bring and you aggregate that and, you know, you create a more holistic approach. Right. So one thing, yeah, I think this is one thing that you've spoken to a few times and it's, again, I, I love conversations like this because I feel like really this is going to the roots of, you know, what do you need to be successful? And, you know, there's always going to be things that are kind of happening right now. They're kind of hacks or things that are kind of like in the short term, you can like de-boost the system, you can blah, blah, blah. But, you know, those things are very temporary. They pass really quickly. The things that you're speaking to right now are really like roots. They're foundational things that don't change. They're just, they are the source. Well, the and people, so the, I've been around long enough to watch rappers, actors, influencers, you know, viners, YouTubers, come and go. And it's because of the fundamental principles and values of who you are. Look at the nucleus of my success isn't a record I produced. It isn't a, a, a party that I smashed. It isn't like a, a, a business that I built. It's me, right? So like half the people that do business with me or invest in businesses I'm a part of, even if they're like, eh, I'm not sure if this business model is the greatest, but I fuck with you and I believe in you and I think that you'll make it work and I trust you with my money that you're going to do any and everything to make sure that this was a sound investment. So when you can get people to buy into you with authenticity, not by scamming them because there's a difference. And one of the things I say in my book is if you feel triumphant or you feel like a winner because you were able to sell somebody or convince somebody to invest in something that doesn't have maximum impact or extreme value to them, that doesn't make you an awesome salesperson. It makes you a con man. And I don't know why you'd be proud to con people out of money. That's some sucker shit, right? So if you really care about people and you care about yourself, then you're going to do the right thing, even if that means sometimes you're not going to get the money that you want. You're not going to get that opportunity because every opportunity is not a great opportunity, guys. So you also have to be mindful of like, does this make sense for me? Does it make sense for my brand? Does it make sense for, you know, what I'm talking about or who I am? Is this association a smart association for me? Is this money good money for me to take? You know what I mean? So you can't sit there desperate like, but I need it. So I don't care where it's from. I'll take it. That speaks to who you are. And in the long run, if you're really trying to build a brand around integrity and greatness, which is what you can be, then you've got to be mindful of all those things. And by the way, a lot of people think that being great is just like making themselves great, talking about how great they are, doing great things and bragging about their greatness. But helping other people be great is also being great. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot when it comes to being great. It's how you conduct yourself, how you communicate, how you follow up, how you talk to people, how you treat people. That means fans. That means if you have 5,000 people on social media and you're ignoring them, you're a dick. If they're engaging with you, they're DMing you and you're too busy because you're out here trying to get it going or you're hustling or you're making music, you're in the studio, 
yo, why should these people support you or commit to being a fan or engaging if you're not going to give the same commitment back? Now, you might think, well, I am giving the commitment back. I'm making the hot music that they want to hear. That's just part of your job, man. And that's another problem that a lot of people don't understand is that the job comes with many different titles. It's not just guy in the studio making the record. You got to be a good person, man. You got to understand business. You got to understand people and you got to treat people right. Mm. That's so good. And one thing that I feel like is kind of like a through line to what you're talking about is this idea of focusing on providing value for other people as opposed to, you know, kind of feeding in like to the ego, like me, 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 like how great I am. So for anyone who is, I don't know, listening or watching this right now, who maybe they like they, they want to make a bigger impact. They want, maybe, I mean, honestly, maybe they're at the point right now where they haven't had that shift yet and they haven't really like realized the importance of focusing on other people instead of themselves. And right now they're kind of in that mindset where it's just like me, 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 like, how can I do this for me? How can I, or they feel like they're in a spot where really like they, they need to focus on themselves. They feel like there's not enough to, to give to other people. What would your advice be for them to be able to really kind of make that shift and why, and why should they make a shift like that as opposed to like focusing on themselves? The more you give, the more you get. And what I mean by that is just think about, I built a career off of paying things forward. I, can, I would never be able to even count how many favors I've done for people, how many people I've connected together, how many people I've helped build their whole business and didn't ask for anything in return. I didn't ask to get paid. I just did it for the good of the culture or because I like to help people, right? But also I'm smart enough to know the more good I put out there, the more great I do for other people, the more my reputation will spread of being a good dude. When my name gets brought up in circles or in meetings that I'm not even a part of, people will be like, oh yeah, I love that guy, Clinton, man. He's a good dude. Yo, you know what he did for my friend? Blah, 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 blah. That word spreads. By the way, it doesn't happen overnight either. So you can't expect to be, everyone think you're the greatest thing in a month or a year. This is like over years of putting in the work and being conscious and caring enough to put that much greatness and to help other people. And now there might be people here that are thinking, I don't have much to offer. I don't have money. I don't have connections. I don't have that. And that's another excuse you're making. Everybody has something to offer. One of the chapters of my book is called Mastering Art. It stands for Automatic Resourceful Thinking. The second there's a problem with any problem I have, I don't divert to, ah, oh, shit, everything got ruined. Or, damn it, this isn't going to work now. Or, this guy's causing me a problem. Or, the, the second somebody happens, and this is being tra training myself, I immediately think, here's the problem, how do I fix it? And the second I think, of how do I fix it? I'm immediately activating mastering art. Automatic, resourceful thinking. Who can help me? What can I do? Who do I know? Where can I go? That's exactly what I'm thinking. And now you, for instance, let me give you an example of something you may not have thought of. You may think, oh, I want to talk to this, this record executive or this club promoter or this popular manager or this DJ in my, in my city that could play my record. All these things you're thinking like, what do I have to offer them? Like, I need them. They don't need me. That's not true. Everybody needs something. Maybe they need a graphic designer. Maybe they need someone to promote their party that's coming up. Maybe they need an assistant. Maybe they need tickets to a show that's coming up. Maybe they need, maybe they're a big sneaker fan and they can't get their hands on some sneakers and you have a friend that owns a sneaker shop. Or maybe you have to like think of all the resources that you have. And in order to think that, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You got to give a shit about other people. So if you know what they care about or what they need, maybe someone's got a kid in... They're having a, a school raffle 
You know what I mean? So you hit them up like, hey, man, I want to donate $50 to your daughters, da 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 You know how many parents are going to be like, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do now because you just looked out for my kid like that. You know, like, there's just so many different ways that you can be resourceful to somebody. You're not thinking because you think that you're at a lower level than them. And that's one of the roadblocks that people create for themselves, especially reaching out to people they deem to be very successful or a celebrity. Like, why would they ever respond to me? Why would they do that for me? The The second you say, why would they do this? You're already in your own way. I mean, the real reason should be, why wouldn't they when I can do this for them in return? You know, but the only way you'll know what you can do in return is if you care enough to do some research on them. Look at their social media pages. Look at what they're working on. Look what they care about. Look at what something they just accomplished that they're proud about, that they would love to hear you say. Maybe your, your dad is friends with, you know, the CEO of, of, of New Balance or, or Puma, you know, and you know this guy, you know, he's, he just talked about this rapper, this local rapper you're trying to connect with. like, man, I'm trying to, to, to get some clothes for my video shoot. Have your dad reach out to him, get those clothes, and now you just provided him outfits. It cost you nothing except caring about what somebody else needs instead of just thinking about what you need. That's the problem. People are like, I need this. I got to get this. I got to connect with this guy. I, 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 the world revolves around I. And it's like you will get so much further when you think about you, we, us, they. And when you can provide service and value to other people, it instantly Build your network, get your relationships, opens up doors, and now helps you get accomplished what you're trying to get accomplished. So stop thinking about what you need, what you want, what you need to get, who you need to talk to, right? Without thinking about what can I provide to them. In my entire life, never did I ever approach anybody and ask them to do something for me or with me unless I knew I had something that could provide equal or greater value to them than what I was asking of them ever. When I was at the top of my game as a mixtape DJ and everybody around me be like, oh, why don't you reach out, you know, to, to, to who kid? Why don't you reach out to drama? Why don't you reach out to Khaled and ask them to do a collab? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to get myself to a point that they want to do a collab with me because at that point they were bigger than me. So where's the better, where's the win for them? Do you know what I'm saying? So how I ended up winning is I would produce stuff for them on the low. You know what I mean? Not them in particular, but people I needed something from, like the local radio DJ in my city. I would produce his intros to his mix show, right? And then when artists would come to town, I would go to them and I would get a drop for that DJ. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, yo, I got a drop from this artist and this artist for you that you can play in your radio show. I just made him look like a superstar having all this shit and he didn't have to do nothing. Now, guess what? When I produce a remix to a song and I'm like, hey, would you mind spinning in this your mix show? Of course, dude, bro, whatever you need. Because I went and did shit for him without expectations. I just did it for like a year. And then finally, I was like, hey, man, I, I produced a bunch of remixes. Check them out. And I didn't even ask him to do anything. He was like, oh, shit, these are dope. Do you mind if I play this on my show? And I'm like, no, that'd be awesome. In fact, it would be cool for you because now you have an exclusive version nobody else has. Further endorsing how it makes him look awesome. Do you know what I'm saying? So when you care about other people as much as yourself or more, you're going to get so much more value than when you just sit there talking about how awesome you are or what you need. I love it. Awesome. So speaking of super valuable things and providing value for other people, one thing that I personally know is from like the first third of the book that I've started reading, it's been sort of like drinking from a fire hose, kind of the similar way that this conversation has been in the best in the best way. Your book that really you just released recently, it was within the last year. By the way, sold over 30,000 copies so far. Those are bestseller numbers, and I'm just doing it independently. 
Mm. It speaks for itself. I mean, I think that the re- the reason that happens is the reason that you've achieved the success that you have in general. It's like you said, it's who it's who you are, and it's the focus on providing value for other people. And I know that you really like took everything that you possibly could from what you've experienced, from the tr- really from the transformation that you've had from starting out to accomplishing what you did, and you've put it into the book. And so, first of all, I guess we're getting ready to wrap up here. So, first of all, just Thank you for being here and for sharing some of the lessons that you've learned throughout your journey. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And for anyone who's listening to this right now or watching this and wants to learn more, connect more with you, also check out the book. Where can they go to, to check it out? All socials are at Clinton Sparks. You know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. It's all Clinton Sparks. You can check me out more if you want to do more research on me, ClintonSparks.com. Also, I'm, will you have a link to my book yep, in well, this? make it as easy as possible we'll we'll throw it in the show notes so a couple of things you can get the physical book at winbigandmusic.com i also have links in all my socials to get the audio book bundle which comes with a bunch of free products as well it comes with the audio book and the the ebook by the way it's only seven bucks guys to get all these things then i have a full course with over 60 videos with some of the biggest experts in the music business if you want to learn how to do engineering i got uh fabian three-time grammy winning engineer a mixing engineer if you want to learn about more about production, I have Academy Award-winning, multi-platinum, Grammy-nominated DJ Paul from 3-6 Mafia telling you the best ways to do production, how to work with an artist, how to shop your beats, how to place beats, how to you know, do your splits and your publishing and all that stuff. You want to learn how to make great video content. I have you know, uh, Rug, who has over 16 million subs on YouTube, who teaches you how to make effective video content, how to release it, how to monetize your videos. I mean, everything you need to know about how to build the business in the music business is in this course. It's And by the way, the course is probably one one hundredth what it would cost you to go to school. And you'll learn way more in this 60 course video than you'd ever learn going to a major university to learn anything about the music business. So I have that and then I also have my Winner's Circle which is my private support mentorship uh, group. And also I have a social media growth pod as well. It all comes, when you get the course, you get all that stuff with it. So winbiginmusic.com if you just want to get the physical copy of the book. Yeah, guys. So by the way, let me thank you guys for being caring enough to help the many people that listen and follow you guys to, to get tips and tricks and strategies to understand you know, how to navigate through the music industry and business. And I know you guys have all the great intentions of helping others and are doing so. And I respect and appreciate what you guys are doing too. By the way, guys, this just so you know, this is not a book like most books of like, here's everything you're doing wrong. Now go buy my course so I can teach you how to do it right. This is not that. This is, here's the book that's going to show you the proven winning formula that Drake, that Khaled, that Snake, that me, that everybody uses. And look how small it is. It's a two-hour read. I don't know why Michael's taking so long to read a two-hour book. But anyways, it's a quick two-hour read. Look, and I wrote the book for those people that are just like, how do I go viral? How do I make money? How do I get a deal? I know that's what all you guys want to understand. I know you don't want to know all the other bullshit. Most people don't. They just want to know those things. They just want to hurry up and get there and win, right? I teach you all those things, but I also give you all of the other principles and values that when you get there, you're going to know the right things to do so you don't fall off there like the many people I see happen all the time. So realistically, it's a no-brainer book that if you don't like this book will change your life seven dollars is going to change your life guys so michael thank you so much for, for being on here for everybody that's stuck here the whole time and listened uh to what we talked about i thank you and i have respect and value you because only real winners are going to sit and listen to a whole podcast like this getting all of this information on how to win so salute you guys 
So good. Yeah, and super appreciate the the kind words, man. And and I when we first met, I, I mentioned when you were talking about what you've built that I personally like I this is very this is rare for me to to want to kind of like jump in the deep end like this, but like I'm like, dude, I'm sold. Like I I want to be a part of this community. I'm gonna personally join the course um, because it's what I think it's what's so exciting about the state of the world right now with the internet and with education, the way that it is, is like you're just saying what used to be, you know, you go to college and you learn from, you know, essentially the same education, like it was built from by Henry Ford and it was really based on these factories and it's kind of, right. it doesn't take advantage of the current state of the world and the amount of, you know, the fact that you can directly connect with people like you and the group that you've brought together to teach these topics, I think it's a huge yeah. opportunity. So I personally am really excited to connect more and be a part of that and learn uh, from your experience. And for anyone that's you know listening or watching this right now, again, I think that <laughs> I think mentorship in any way, like if anyone's ahead of where you are, then you know you have something to learn from them. So like open up ears and listen. Even if someone is like you know, hasn't achieved the levels of success that you have, if they know more than you know, then you know then listen and hear what they have to say. But you know like when there is someone who's achieved the level of success that you have, then you really got to open up your ears and, and listen and do what you can to surround yourself with people like that. And right. That's gonna pull you ahead. So. First of all, thank you for those kind of words. I'm excited that you're going to be part of the winner's circle. I'll see you more often in there. But on top of that, look, this is going to sound a little pompous, but it's like it's the difference. Me comparing me to most of the other people out here that are trying to give you game in the music business is like comparing Michael Jordan to somebody who's who like they burnt out at high school playing basketball. You know, say, yeah, I played high school and I was pretty good in high school. That's as far as I went. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't go on to the NBA and win championships and then be coach another team and teach them how to win championships and then buy my own team and then franchise. Like, like it's a huge difference from someone that's accomplished, like, all that I've accomplished and somebody that just gets streaming or somebody that was just a manager or somebody that was just a successful DJ. Huge difference. And again, not saying to discount them because they may have tremendous value in that particular lane. And you can, like I said, it takes more than one professor to teach someone going through college, right? So when you want to, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all and all you need is me because it's great to get different perspectives, especially from credible people. But I'm saying like, just don't, again, back to pay attention to the messenger, not the message. Mm, beautiful. Cool, man. Well, f for anyone who's listening right now, you can check out the book and the show notes and uh, check out the course. And yeah, man, appreciate you taking the time to be here and for doing <laughs> Thanks for having me here. There's the horns. That's, you know what those horns mean? Go get the book. Go get the book. Change your life now. It's time to win big, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. We're, we're going to go now, right? But there's absolutely no way we're going to end this without you serenading us. you got a piano in front of you. you probably got a God, uh, an angelic sounding voice. Let us hear something from you, Michael. <laughs> Well, you know, it's perfect timing, actually. I've been working on this song for the last, I don't know, like year or so. So Let's go. I love it already. <laughs> he is a cool dude. Yeah. And thank you. I love it. Man, you got a great voice, though. You got a great voice. 
Oh, thanks, man. No, I was, I was thinking, like, yeah, that probably has some serious potential, like, to go multi-platinum. What, whatever you just played, did you just, was that a freestyle on the piano? <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, it was a freestyle. I, I had to work might, on that for a year. We might have to work together because the best way that I write my biggest songs is somebody that just sit, riffs and plays on the piano, and I'm just like, oh, that chord right there, do that again. And I'll just come up again because it's the feeling. The feeling got me. And that one chord made me think about this guy that's going through this problem and he needs this in his life and, and I'll write the whole song right then. So like, yeah. man, we should really come together. You're a great pianist. But anyways, thank you for having me on here. Thank you to all you guys that listened and hopefully you get the book. And yeah, hit me on Instagram or Twitter at Clinton Sparks and I'm super engaging. So if you got a question, hit me up there and I'll see you guys at the top. Michael, I'll see you in the studio. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.